From Wish TV and the All Indiana Podcast Network, this is the Business Equity and Opportunities Podcast with Scott Sander. Welcome to the Business Equity and Opportunities Podcast. I'm Scott Sander. On this episode, Getting Started, we visit a place that promises to bring together entrepreneurs, academics, startups, corporations, and community members. What does it mean to have health equity? We went to a healthcare giant to find out. And coming up will be our industry focus on the trades. Springtime is their time. As a supporter of the Business Equity and Opportunity Show, Eskenazi Health is committed to working with minority-owned businesses to support the economic health and diversity of our community. Eskenazi Health encourages all prospective diverse suppliers to seek certification from a bona fide certification agency, preferably a local government entity, such as the City of Indianapolis or the State of Indiana. Learn more about our supplier diversity efforts and current opportunities available at eskenazihealth.edu slash supplierdiversity. Every business is unique and has a target audience. If you own or manage a business, Circulus Digital Media can help you connect and grow your customer base with turnkey digital solutions that are nimble, offering best-in-class results, service, and support to reach a bigger customer base, allowing you to pinpoint a specific audience down to the smallest details. Get outside the city, the state, span the globe. Put Circulus Digital Media to work for you. Get started now at CirculusDigital.com. That's CirculusDigital.com. It is April at last, the month of renewal and growth for nature and for your business. Welcome to Business Equity and Opportunity. I'm Scott Sander. Each week we talk to business professionals, community leaders, our own team of experts. They all then share their experiences with you to help you build and grow your own successful business. We have seven segments every week to help you get started, get access to capital, run a business day-to-day, stay on top of the week in business, guide you through accounting and bookkeeping, focus on a specific industry, and inspire with a success story. We're here every Sunday morning on Wish TV and streaming on wishtv.com. You can see our content then any time of any day on beoshow.com. Our site grows every week with new stories and resources. And when you're there, sign up for our podcast. Listen to us whenever works for you. And we encourage you to sign up for our newsletter that we update every Tuesday. Let's get to the business of business here on Business Equity and Opportunity. We look at how assistive technology could make your shop more inclusive. We meet artists who feel a need for speed. Ty Shea is back to talk accounting and bookkeeping. Spring is the busy season for trade workers, and we tell a very secure success story. Getting started, we visit a place that promises to bring together entrepreneurs, academics, startups, corporations, and community members. It is 16 Tech in Indianapolis. This is business, equity, and opportunities. Getting started. Emily Kruger is president and CEO of 16 Tech Community Corporation, a facility dedicated to collaboration and creative problem solving. We're creating a clear place for innovators and entrepreneurs in our community to come, a destination for them that's got the resources that they need, whether that be facilities or programs, in order to help them scale and grow their businesses. Ultimately, we're focused on innovation-driven enterprises, so we look really closely to partner and provide resources, especially to support the tech enablement of the life sciences and advanced manufacturing, but we still have resources that are available for every type of entrepreneur. So 16 Tech is a great place to uh, start your journey if you're looking for an asset or a resource to help your business. 
Innovation districts are meant to support companies of a variety of different stages of growth. And so we have startups at 16 Tech, we have corporate innovation teams, we have university partners, we also have um, programming and service partners that are providing the various resources and a network of social impact groups as well. So we really believe that it's the mix of these groups that is key towards uh, the culture that we're creating here and also towards the cross-cultural, cross-industry networks that we're creating. We're really looking to focus on that innovation-driven enterprise. So companies that require some place-based component of their innovation lifecycle, whether that be life sciences, wet labs, or companies that are involved in the hard tech industry and are looking for resources to help them prototype uh, products, etc. 16 Tech has been open for just about two years right now, and today we have roughly 90 companies across a variety of industries. And what's most exciting is when those connections get made. So someone who might be working at our EMC Squared facility, uh, connecting with someone at Connexus, and someone who's working in our makerspace here at 16 Tech. So our team is focused on trying to create those connections and make it as easy as possible for people to know when they're working on shared problems or they have resources that they might be able to leverage. But it happens serendipitously on a daily basis in line at our coffee shop or at lunch in the AMP as well. And uh, we also have a variety of different types of networking events, district engagement opportunities, happy hours, and those can be geared around a particular subject and topic um, like data analytics that might bring people together around a shared problem. Uh, they can also just be to get to know people who are here in the district. The AMP stands for the um, Artisan Marketplace and Food Hall. It is the primary source of amenities in the 16 Tech Innovation District. We have over 20 different food and retail options that are available. 100% of them are independent, uh, locally owned. 65% are female and minority owned and operated businesses and 50% are new business concepts. So it truly is a place if someone wants to come and experience um, uh, entrepreneurship in our food industry and culture, this is the place to come. And it is open to the general public. Uh, it also provides the food and fuel for all the entrepreneurs and innovators who are working working in Indianapolis. So it's a key um, part of what keeps people coming together throughout the course of the day. And it's also a great place for people to come if they want to first experience what is 16 Tech and learn about some of the other resources that are here. It's definitely a place to start. One of the most surprising things to me right now is how much R&D is also distributed. And there's been so much conversation in the last couple years about the future of work. And what I still see on a daily basis is the clear need for places where talent can gather and the variety of resources that are needed to support uh, innovators and entrepreneurs of all types. And so while it's true that so much of work can be done remotely and can be distributed, there are still very clear reasons to bring people together on a daily basis. Sometimes that's because the need to connect and collaborate requires physical assets like labs, etc. But it's also to bring people together and so for me, the, the exciting thing is um, seeing how space truly still does make a difference. And then also as we think about what the opportunities are, especially because R&D has become distributed, we have companies that are locating at 16 Tech from out of state to use the labs here. So people use labs just like they might go to a gym membership, which really creates a lot of interesting applications.
presentations and opportunities as well. One of the things that distinguishes 16 Tech, and it can't be replicated, is our geography. We're, we're 20 minutes from the airport. We're right across the creek from IU Indianapolis and Purdue in Indianapolis, as well as the talent and the faculty that are at both of those institutions. And so 16 Tech, by virtue of its geography, really is a front door to the broader Indiana innovation ecosystem. And I think that's something that distinguishes us from other spaces as well. 16 Tech's really just getting started. We have three buildings that are open today, but we have 10 additional development parcels. Our first residential project will break ground later this spring. And then we have a bridge that's under construction right now, which will cross Fall Creek and create greater connectivity to the downtown area. We've had to spend a lot of time on the public infrastructure. Um, this area is the site of the city's water infrastructure. But as we move forward, it's going to be less about a focus on roads and utilities and more about new buildings that we're bringing to the market that have a variety of spaces that support innovation and entrepreneurship in our community. Whether that be through wet labs or hard tech or sports tech, we're really excited and 16 Tech will continue to grow and be a vibrant place for the next 10 years. Time to talk running your business day to day. We talk a lot about equity. It's part of our name. But what does it mean to have health equity? We went to a healthcare giant to find out. This is business equity and opportunities. Running your business day to day. Daryl Lockett is the director of health equity for Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. I serve Anthem Indiana Medicaid and uh, almost 800,000 members as the director of health equity. We begin with the data and I drill down into the data to get a better understanding of the disparities that exist, um, the, the inequities that you know percolate uh, in the outcomes that we're trying to move because we have a fundamental belief that each person has an opportunity and even more so almost a right to have the best health care that they can possibly have and live a, a quality of life that they're deserving. So when we realize that certain communities, certain individuals, or certain you know, geographies experience and interact with healthcare in different ways to see different outcomes, we want to do something about that. We don't think your life expectancy should be determined by your zip code. And we really want to make sure that we're doing all that we can from the managed care perspective to equalize and, 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 and make equitable the playing field that each individual lives plays and, and enjoys you know life in Indiana. Fundamentally, we believe that you know we must be good citizens. It's a part of our corporate and social responsibility to take care of those who live around us. We have been in Indiana for decades. We think of this community as our community. We recognize the need for looking out for our community, our neighbors, the, the churches, the, uh, the parishes that, that exist around us. We think it's the right thing to do. You know, more than a bottom line or business initiative, it is that sort of moral and social imperative that gives us the license to operate in this state. We live next door to, you know, Hoosiers. We go to the grocery store with fellow Hoosiers. We, you know, drive in traffic and, and avoid potholes with fellow Hoosiers because this is our community. This is our backyard. So, of course, we want to see this state flourish and we want to do well as a business. And I don't think those two ideas are, are, are converging in any way, but actually can work together. And when we find these, you know, sort of shared value relationships and understand the true principles of collective impact, we can really grow together. 
I'm not going to push on any other business the triple bottom line, but I think we should consider the impact that we have on people, the impact that we have on the environment, the impact that we have on communities, the impact that we have on our state, just as we consider the impact of, you know, the, the profit margin that we you know, keep a close eye to. We are just as strong as the people and the communities that make us. And I think we must have leaders that remember that and stay ever present of that. And that's, you know, what, what sort of drew me away from a nonprofit space to go to a for-profit organization. I had to find an organization that I knew shared my personal values. So I encourage that to any individual who's going into business or looking to go into the corporate community for employment, find someone that shares your values, that considers uh, the, their, their version of self is similar to yours and includes individuals outside of just you. That includes the community, that includes the, the elderly, includes the most vulnerable among us because truly that's where you're gonna find purpose and that's where you're gonna really um, awaken that passion that lives within. You know, I, I realize now that there are certain inequities that exist in this city, in this state, that I would really like to, you know, gather all of the, the, the interested and concerned parties, uh, you know, circle the wagon with all the hearts and minds and bring everyone to the table to truly address. Because some of these things do not have to be. We firmly believe that health inequities do not have to be. You know, Robert Wood Johnson Foundation a few years ago, you know, sort of coined the term social determinants of health. But we don't use social determinants of health here. We call them social drivers of health because we believe that we can change the reality that exists for so many individuals. We can come together as a community and change the lived experiences that folks live under day in and day out. And, and many of these issues are systemic. When we're talking about transportation, when we're talking about access to fresh fruits and vegetables, stable housing, economic security, these are issues that we're concerned about even as a health insurance company, because we realize that it speaks to the strength and the resolve of our state. So each community-based organization, each church, each house of worship, each school understands that they play a part in our collective advancement. And we might live in you know, unique and, and separate neighborhoods, but with all things that are together for our mutual advancement, we must be like the hands of a glove. We must come together, but all things for our collective and mutual advancement, we must be like the fingers of one hand and working together towards the progress of our city and our state. So, so for me, it is really, you know, building upon the empathy that we've seen over the past three years here in this community and continuing to understand that each individual may not experience and have access to the same things that each other you know, member of this community has. But we can do something about that. We can level the playing field, we can change the outcomes, and we can work together to truly strengthen Indiana. To learn more about health equity and if it can help you run your business day-to-day -day a little bit better, visit BEOshow.com. Welcome back to Business Equity and Opportunities. Time for industry focus. Spring is here if you're in one of the trade industries. Plumbing, HVAC, roofing, about to get very busy. This is Business, Equity, and Opportunities, Industry Focus. Kenneth Hale is the owner of Complete Comfort, heating, air, and plumbing in Greenwood. Now that winter's behind us, they're ready to do some heavy lifting. 
Complete Comfort has been around. This this year will be our 20-year anniversary. Um, we do HVAC and plumbing and home services. Um, the industry is uh, basically, it's if you need your air conditioner repaired or replaced or serviced or your plumbing checked out, um, you would call a company like ours and we'd come out and take a look at it and let you know you know how reliable it is or efficient it is or, or, or even like safety, things like that as well. Spring is very important. Obviously, we've got, you know, the allergies come. I mean, we have a lot of answers for allergies. Um, not only that, we've, uh, we're getting in preparation for the summer season. Our summer uh, in our industry gets very hectic. A lot of people wait until their unit breaks to give us a call. And because of that, all the companies in town get flooded. And what happens really quickly is their schedules get booked out a week, sometimes even two weeks before someone can even come take a look. So we recommend getting your unit checked out like a preventative measure. We have uh, annual plans that uh, assist with that where we come out twice a year, take a look at your unit and let you know if anything looks awry, is something that you might want to take care of in advance. So that way when the season does come, you're ready to go. So the maintenance agreements, what they do is they give you the, the twice a year visits. Ours actually includes three visits because we include plumbing as well and what we can do on those visits sometimes it's just a matter of cleaning some sensors or making some adjustments which can make your unit run much more efficient and also reliable uh, sometimes we find issues or potential issues and we let you know what those are and you can choose at that point if you want to take care of it or not but it's just basically like having your car looked at if you're going on a long road trip you're going to want to have a professional look at it and let you know hey am i good to go or do we need to address anything. And that's kind of what the tune-ups are. Um, it's an opportunity to flush out problems before they happen. It's an opportunity to dial your system in for efficiency and, and things like that. We got hit pretty hard, especially during the COVID uh, era, and uh, part availability became really difficult. Equipment availability also became difficult. Um, just We were just like anyone else, automotive, copper, conductors, microchips, you know, all that stuff affects us as well. Um, we're rebounding from that. Um, we're probably about 80% back to where we were uh, pre-COVID, but um, now we're also faced with the energy efficiency changes. The, um, this year, uh, there came a new energy efficiency protocol. Um, so all the units that you're used to uh, getting, even last year, are now uh, more efficient than they were. And um, the mandate basically states that manufacturers have to adhere to the new energy efficiency manufacturing guidelines. So with that being said, like your unit that you would have bought last year is now not even available. We, um, as a proactive measure, we stocked up on some of the previous equipment just for affordability and also to um, when things like this roll out, we find that the manufacturers struggle to keep inventory, so we kind of keep it for them. That way we're here to serve the customer when, when, you, when they need us. Yeah, the trades are phenomenal. They, they saved me. They, got, they gave me focus. I was a young man, didn't know what I wanted to do for a living, and um, I got into the trades, and I've I've been in it ever since. It's uh, 26 years now. Uh, but, yeah, we bring in, um, we're, we're really, our labor force, uh, unfortunately, because of the era of my generation pushing kids to go to college and, and get that four-year degree and go to corporate America, we, we're now feeling the effects of that. The effects are, are we're, uh, there's not as many tradespeople as what we need. So a lot of companies are adapting the model of grow your own, and that's what we're doing as well. Um, so we're willing to bring people, young uh, women and men, 
coming in and teach them a skill that could very quickly put them into six-figure income um, even as early as the first or second year. You know, people have handed around that uh, like Elon Musk is interested in our industry and, and things like that, but efficiency um, continues to increase. Um, the environmental aspect of it continues to get safer and safer for, for, our, for our planet. And uh, with that, the equipment is getting easier and easier to work on. It's more of a thinking game instead of a physical game. Um, you know, these systems now, they're almost like a computer, more or less. And um, so well, I like that personally because that's easier to train um, the, the new incoming uh, folks uh, for, for how to check out um, like airflow issues and, and things like that. So the units communicate with us. We have a, a certain amount of units that we have on a monitoring program. So if we put in a certain thermostat and we set up your controls properly, we from the office can watch your system performance. We can alert you of a breakdown pending uh, that might come up in the near future. Um, and also we could call you and say, hey, you know, you, you might want to change your filter and, and things like that. So technolo the technology is there and it's growing. It's growing rapidly. Uh, I can, we have also systems where a technician can pull up in front of your house and monitor, monitor your system from his van uh, so yeah it's it's definitely it's growing fast when I when I first came up I started I worked in basically every like corner of the business from construction to um, refrigeration and then eventually into residential service and then when I was in the residential service I took a great satisfaction in coming to someone's home that was a little distraught didn't know what was going on or didn't expect that thing to happen that day and helping them get back on track Get, get their system back up and going, get them back on the road, their kids in school, whatever they've got going on. Uh, that's, that's very satisfying to me uh, because, you know, that, that can really throw a wrench in your day when uh, you have a plumbing or heating or air conditioning issue. Uh, so with that being said, I, when, I went, when I first started the business, I thought to myself, okay, I've worked for the bigger companies. I think I can uh, create a company that it can connect with the consumer. We can uh, build relationships and, and things like that. But it's actually grown from there. From there, I've, uh, I've ended up falling in love with the customer service aspect of it and uh, I've got my sons now are involved in the business and w I mean basically our goal is to take care of as many clients as we can without it becoming a transaction we, we want relationships with our with our clients and their and their kids and their kids and their kids our thanks again to all the contributors who joined us for this episode of the business equity and opportunities podcast we hope you found it enlightening, useful, and inspiring. You'll find more information about the show on our website, BEOshow.com. You can watch Business Equity and Opportunities Sunday mornings at 10 on Wish TV or live stream it through WishTV.com. Each week, we provide seven full segments with topics ranging from how to get started and how to access capital to the day-to-day -day running of your business and questions about accounting and bookkeeping. We feature business news and trends and always share a success story from one of our contributors. Join us next time for more insights into the world of small business. Be sure to sign up for our business equity and opportunities newsletter to get even more valuable up-to-date information. And if you have any questions or you'd like to be part of our show, please email us. The address is beo at wishtv.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Scott Sander. Thanks for listening. Watch the Business Equity and Opportunities show on Wish TV and access all of our content and share it on demand anytime at BEOshow.com. You can find more podcasts from Wish TV on the All Indiana Podcast Network at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.